0: Father we give you the glory we give you the praise we're not in a rush to run away from you to do something carnal and natural we love you we wait upon you we know as we do we'll renew our strength give everybody eyes to see and ears to hear tonight heart open and receptive thank you for hearing our prayers and giving us utterance let the anointing come teach us reveal to us Give us answers to questions and direction and help right now. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the praise. We do honor your word. We do honor your Holy Spirit. And we say by your grace, we'll not be hearers only, but we'll be doers. We know as we do, we'll be blessed. You are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. We give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Praise God. You can be seated. And if you would turn with me to two places this evening, and let's pick up on our series that we began two weeks ago. Turn, please, to the third epistle of John. Third epistle of John. And then also 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 9, after we look at 3 John, just one chapter in 3 John. A couple of weeks ago, I had made mention of the fact that I believe I received direction for the church concerning the teaching of the word for this time right now. And the Lord, among other things, had said to us, he said, I'm growing this church up quickly. Remember that? Yes. How many believe that? Does that bears witness with your spirit? He, and he, I mean, it's obvious in so many ways. He is. He's growing us up in every way, first and foremost, spiritually, and then naturally. But he, he's growing us up quickly. And so there are things that he's doing, things he's giving us. You know, he gave me instructions in the beginning, he said three things to teach on: teach on love, uh, how to walk in love and how to live in love, and teach on uh, faith, how to walk in faith, and then teach on how to be led by the Spirit. Amen. And so we spent months on that. And then I get into this that the Lord had dealt with us these two things now, for the spiritual and for the natural side, for us to take the next steps up. Are you ready? I get excited just talking about it because, you know, he's not going to tell you something that didn't work. I mean, if he tell you something and you do it, you know what's going to happen. We're coming up. We're coming up. And the one thing he dealt with me is to begin teaching on prayer, prayer principles and talking about, you know, us growing and developing in prayer. And we began that. And then also to begin teaching on prosperity. They were going to come up in that area. How many believe if, if we're led by the Spirit and we've got lots of money, yeah. <laughs> things should happen? Is that right? Things should get done. So uh, we begin on a series we're calling Prosperity Proven. P-R-O-V-E-N. Prosperity Proven. And so this is our second lesson on this. In Third John, are you there? Third Epistle of John. And verse 2, 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I wish or I pray, desire above all things, must be important, huh? That you what? That you may prosper. well, that just means spiritual prosperity. Uh, No, it doesn't. Because that's mentioned later in the verse. Did you hear me? You know, we had somebody write in, I guess just this week, and uh, they had heard some of my tapes on healing, and we we preach healing real strong, and are glad about it. And uh, I got a series that's called uh, "By His Stripes." And we go into a lot of detail about that. By His stripes were healed, and so they got all excited and got pumped, and they took it to one of their ministers. And he said, oh, no, 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 that just means spiritual, that you're healed spiritual. And that's a common thing you hear. And you hear the same thing about prosperity. Well, that just means spiritual prosperity. Well, the thing is, one is connected to the other. (laughs) I mean, people act like that's just saying two completely different things. But everything is spiritual. And then it's manifested in the natural. If you really do have spiritual prosperity, it's going to start showing up on the outside. It's going to affect prosperity in the natural. But uh, you know, you could tell the lady was by the letter was kind of concerned about. It. Well, what's the answer? Well, I'll tell you one of the simplest answers. I'm talking about Isaiah 53, you know, that by with his stripes. We're healed. And people say, well, that just means spiritually. Well, the Holy Ghost interpreted Isaiah 53 in Matthew 8. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus was healing people yes. physically yes. right and left. Yes. And the scripture said that happened, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Yes. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, you know, carried our pains, I'm trying to say. Well, if the Holy Ghost says that's what it meant, that's what it meant. What it meant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, it's, it's sometimes people just don't understand or just they're walking in the light that they have, but they need more light. And other times people are just, you know, they like what I call no-fault religion. What's no-fault religion? Well, no matter what happens, it's not my fault. And no matter what doesn't happen. It's not my fault. It's just all up to the Lord and whatever he wants. Well, well, see, that's, that's mighty convenient. The problem is you die like that. Stay broke like that. What if we did that with our salvation of our, our spirit in the new birth? What if we did that with that? Well, it's just all up to the Lord. If he wants to save, we'll be saved. And if he don't, we won't. It's just all up to him. No, you can't leave up to him what he's left to us. You can try, but it doesn't work. No, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you what? Prosper. Prosper. What does that mean? It means what it says. Prosper. Prosper. And what? Be in health. What does that mean? It means just what it says. Be healthy. Healthy. How I many know you're a long ways down the road if you're healthy and strong and you got plenty of money? That's a good start. Isn't it? That's not everything, but it goes a long ways. Right? Even what? Even as your soul prospers. And people sometimes they'll jump on that and say, well, now see there, see there. Now that's the main thing is that your soul prospered and that other stuff is not that important. That's not what the passage said. That's a wrong interpretation. No. He said, I wish, I desire above all things. Is the word of God, God speaking to us? Did God tell us that he desired above all things that we prosper? Is it there? Did he tell us that he desired above all things that we'd be in health? He did. And then the latter part of it is how it happens. How does it happen? It happens as Your soul prospers as you prosper in the inner man and in your understanding and in your revelation. Healing doesn't happen first in the body. It happens first inside. You receive it inside. Then it shows up outside. Prosperity doesn't start in your checking account. It doesn't start in your wallet. It starts in here. Amen. If you're going to be healed, it's going to be by faith you receive it. If you're going to be prosperous, it's going to be by faith you receive it. Just like everything else in the kingdom of God. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is of the heart. And when you get in faith about something, you believe it's that way before you see it that way. So you believe that you're healed before you feel healed. You start talking healed and thinking healed and making healed plans. Did you hear me? And that is soul prosperity. That's prospering inside. And if that happens, then you're going to be healthy on the outside. It's just a matter of time till it works its way out. And prosperity is that way. In order to prosper financially and materially, you have to prosper in your soul. You have to think prosperous. You have to speak and talk prosperous. Act prosperous. And make prosperous plans. It's a fact. Everybody say, make prosperous plans. Make prosperous plans. See, you've you got to get delivered from poverty mentality and broke talking Amen. and joking about how broke we are. Right well, we poor, but we're proud. God will deliver you from both <laughs> evil conditions. <laughs> but you got to be willing. <laughs> Somebody said evil? Yeah, evil. The, in the Bible, the word evil it means bad corrupt. It's bad. Real simple. Being rich is good. Being broke is bad. Now it makes some preachers want to spit for me to say something like that. But why would it? Why? i tell you why. Because the devil hates the thought of you being rich. I mean it chafes him. It does. It, oh, it bugs him. Why? He is the chief greedy gut. He wants all the money because he wants all the control. In this earth, money is power. In this earth, money is influence. In this earth, money is ability. And the devil wants all of it and wants you to have none. Because he knows so many of you, just like me, the more money you get, the more you're going to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. More people are going to be blessed. Yeah. So, oh, he don't want you to have any money. So he's worked for centuries. Preaching error from the church. Yeah. Over the pulpit. So you've got whole generations that have passed down this unbelieving doctrine of you're supposed to be broke and oh you don't want any money even sing songs oh we don't want any of this old world's goods I do I know what to do with it huh yeah you can't be a blessing materially until you are blessed materially you can't give what you don't have so you watch it when people start getting so worked up And getting so aggravated and so anti-prosperity message. What's motivating that? Why would they care if you had some money? Why would it bug them so bad if you had a new car? What's what's driving that? It's the devil driving it. It's the enemy. But tough. We're going to push on anyway. Amen. We're going to sow our seed and reap our harvest. Anyway. Anyway, but it doesn't start with money. It starts with believing and thinking and talking. The soul prospers. And external prosperity is going to happen relative to that. And external health operates according to that. Go back to 2 Corinthians 9, please. Last week, or week before last, I guess, we began to teach on the first part of this, asking the question, what is prosperity? And we gave you this verse. I think this is one of the best descriptions and definitions of prosperity in the entire Bible. Is 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. 2 Corinthians 9. And verse 8. Well, let's read verse 6. It all goes together. This I say, he which sows sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able. That's an important phrase, like all of them, but to emphasize tonight, God has ability. And we know that, but he's talking about in a specific area now. God is able to do what? To make all grace abound. Now if you just stop right there. A lot of folk would just run off with that in their mind. God's able to make grace abound. This is spiritual. This certainly wouldn't have anything to do with money. Oh yes it does. Look at the very next phrase. He's able to make all grace abound towards you. Grace for what? That you always having all sufficiency In all things may abound to every good work. Is he talking about money? Is he talking about material things? And giving and, and receiving. And he talks about grace. Grace. It is by his grace. Right? Everything, every good thing is by his grace. It's prosperity by the grace of God. Is there prosperity grace? Like there's healing grace. And grace in other areas. God is the God of all grace. Amen. Amen. Is there grace for prosperity? I believe I have some. Don't you? Say it out loud. I'm graced. graced To to prosper. prosper. Say it again. I'm graced. graced To to prosper. prosper. One more time. I'm graced to prosper. Graced. We ought to be graced in every area of our lives. I'm graced to prosper. If you're a business person, you're graced to make money. You can make more money accidentally than some people do on purpose. You ought to be nodding your head. Say, that's right, that's me. Don't go... Oh, that ain't me. I seem like I work myself silly. You can't ever make enough money. First thing we got to do is button that lip of yours. Yes. Hush. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, if you're not sure whether you like this message tonight or not, just hang around. Don't judge too quick. And if I just say something you don't like, and that's just my opinion, you're under no obligation to believe it or receive it or do anything with it. Just laugh and go on. But if it's in the Bible, yes. then it's not just Brother Keith. That's right? right? Amen. If it's the Bible, that's another thing. So uh, just hang in with us. It'll be for your good. You know, no need fighting for your right to be broke why would you do that do you know people fight I've had people fight me I mean like a tiger uh, about a you know it's not always God's will to heal why would you fight for your right to be sick why would you fight to well it's confusion Uh, sickness is bad healing is good being poor is bad being rich is good. <laughs> I know that sounds almost too elementary, but it makes church folks mad because it makes the devil so mad. Oh, he's fought so hard to keep people in the dark, but we're waking up. I said, We're waking up, and the Lord's giving us light, we're seeing the truth, and it's making us free and healed. And rich. Let's go over it real slow one time. Broke is bad. Rich is good. Do you have to backslide and be a heathen when you get a little money? No, you don't. Can you serve God with a lot of money? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it before. I I have prayed. And worshiped God in an old car that leaked and the heater didn't work and you thought your feet would freeze in the winter time before you got to work. I've I've praised God in a car like that. And I have prayed in a nice new car with climate control. (laughs) And so quiet that you couldn't even hear the engine running. I think I, I might even pray better. Well, my feet not cold. Huh? (laughs) I have uh, read my Bible in a little trailer that had no insulation. That somebody else wore out before we got it. (laughs) Furnace didn't work. Heat didn't work. Stove didn't work. Woke up the next morning on a cold day and uh, the toilet... Bowl is a solid block of ice. That's how cold it got in there. Man, I knew it got cold last night. No wonder I was cold. And I read my Bible and I listened to tapes in that little trailer. But I read my Bible in an ice house now. Climate control. You just put, you know, digits on the wall. Seventy-two. Yeah, Humidity certain percent. Yeah, yeah. I think I can pray at least as good. Maybe better. Amen. Amen. You do not have to go crazy because you get a little money. You can be a bigger blessing. If your heart's right. So say it one more time. Broke is bad. Rich is good. Rich is good. Yeah. Amen. yeah. The definition of prosperity that we're giving you. 2 Corinthians 9 8. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. It's his blessing. It's his grace. So that you get to the place where you always. That's not part of the time. All, every week. Every month. Is that right? Yeah. Not a bad month. You come short. Every month you have all sufficiency in all things and you have more than that. So you can abound to every good work. Is that possible? Is it the will of God? That's prosperity. It's not a dollar amount. Somebody say, well, you know, you know, if you had a million dollars, you'd be rich. Not if you need three. <laughs> it's all relative to what the Lord has you doing. But what is prosperity? It's always having everything you need in every area with excess to give to every place the Lord shows you. This is the will of God. Anything less than that is not the perfect will of God. If you're not there, don't give up. Don't quit. Say, I'm after it. I'm going to stay with it till I see it in my life. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Well, go with me this evening to uh, the book of uh, Genesis, the 17th chapter. I got so many good things here, but we can't do them all in one night. What's the title of our series? Prosperity Prosperity Proven. Proven. Not my idea. Some other man or woman's idea that prosperity is the will of God. The first step in having faith for prosperity is getting rooted and grounded in the will of God. Don't presume that you've already got that and you've arrived. I don't care if you think tonight, well, Brother Keith, I'm convinced. I'm already convinced. Not like you're going to be. You're going to be more persuaded. Did you hear me? You're going to be more established in it. Knowing that you know you can't be too sure about the will of God. Did you hear me? There's no such thing as being too persuaded, too confident in the will of God. No. And that is the huge problem. For people, you know, they hear a message, they think, well, well, that sounds good, but you know, I, I just don't know. What does that mean? They're not persuaded that it's God's will for them to prosper. You know, that might be all right for them, it might be all right for y'all, but you know, I I just don't know. I Well, you cannot have faith until you're established in the will of God. Impossible. You can't, you know, as long as you're questioning whether it's God's will to heal you or not, you cannot have faith to be healed. Impossible. Be just like this. What if you're questioning whether it's God's will to save you or not? Could you be saved? Could you have faith? You you couldn't. First thing is you got to become convinced. He wants me saved. He paid the price for me. Right? Well, he also paid the price for our healing. He also paid the price for our prosperity. He also paid the price for our protection. And the list goes on and on. When you say, I'm saved, you said a mouthful. I mean, you look up the word saved in the Bible. Look up the word salvation. It's a big word. It covers a lot of ground. Saved. It includes the idea of preservation and protection and healing and wholeness and soundness and prosperity and cleansing, forgiveness. Everybody say it out loud. I'm saved. saved. I mean, think about what comes after saved. I'm saved from what? It's a big list. Not just saved from hell. Thank God. But it's bigger than it, it goes. The list goes on and on. What do you saved from? If it's evil, if it's bad, I'm saved from it. Because when Jesus said it is finished, he did the whole thing. When he's raised from the dead and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, he has covered it all. We're redeemed. Spirit and soul and body. We're redeemed. Redeemed. Saved. So we're asking and answering that question about prosperity proven. Is it in the Bible? Is it really in the Bible? Can you prove it? That's what we've begun. We've begun. We've already showed you some things. A definition of prosperity we just read to you. We read it right out of the New Testament. I desire above all things that you prosper. How do you know it's God's will for you to prosper? He told me so. Right? The Word of God's God talking to me. He told me so. What is prosperity? He told me that too. It's always having all sufficiency in all things and abounding to every good work. And we're going to continue from there. So we're asking this question tonight. What kind of God is he? What kind of God do we serve? Is he a prosperity God or a poverty God? Well, let's go right to the word. Let's answer it from the Bible. Is he a prosperity God? Is he a God that likes being rich? Yes, sir. Or a God that likes being broke and poor? Amen. Is he a God that likes his people to be rich? Yes. Yes. Or is he a God that it pleases him for some of them to be broke? Now, in order for something to be scriptural, what should you have? See, there's a whole lot of people say, well, now, Brother Keith, it's just not God's will for everybody to be rich. That's just not the will of God. Okay, you believe that. Where's the Scripture? Show me the Scripture. Not okay. Well, that's just what I believe. Well, I got a right to my beliefs. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. Well, you got a right to yours, and I got a right. No, I don't have a right to believe anything I want to. You don't have a right to believe. If Jesus is our Lord, then we are committed to believing what he said. Not just believing anything you decide to believe. Right? So what kind of God do we serve? Well, let's look and see. Genesis 17. What kind of God did uh, Abraham know? If you could just buzz up to heaven tonight... And come around the corner and there's Abraham. Because he's there. We're going to see him one day. Meet him. Won't that be great? And if you could sit down on the corner of the street of gold with uh, Abraham. And say, uh, Father Abraham. What kind of God did you know? Is God a God of prosperity or a God of being broke? What would he tell you? What would he tell you? Well, this is how God revealed himself to Abraham. Genesis 17 1. When Abram was 90 years old and 9, 99, the Lord appeared to Abram, and he said to him, I am. This is God himself telling us who and what he is. Not somebody else telling us what God is. God himself said to Abram, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I'll make my covenant between me and thee. And will what? Multiply Multiply thee exceedingly. Did he do it? Yes. In every way. Spiritually. Numerically. Financially. Didn't he do it? He multiplied him. Blessed him. But this name here, I am what? The Almighty, the Almighty God. This is rich with revelation. This is one of the first times we see, if you go to the Hebrew, go to the original, you'll see that it consists of the word El, E-L, meaning God, and then the word Shaddai, or Shaddai. I wouldn't argue with anybody about pronunciations. Scholars themselves disagree. A lot of Hebrew words have to have vowels added to them for us to pronounce them. So it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of what does it mean? El, God, El, Shaddai. This is how he revealed himself to Abram. The word El is the word that means God, and it emphasizes his power and might, his omnipotence as God. El means God. Amen. L. Shaddai is an interesting word. It is uh, the root word, shad, is translated breast. Breast. Like a woman's breast. How does that work? God, breast. Well, if you. I won't won't just endeavor to explain it. Let's look at some scriptures where this is used. Go to uh, Genesis 49. You're already there in Genesis, but to the 49th chapter. What kind of God did Abraham know? Prosperity God or poverty God? He was acquainted with El Shaddai. Who is El Shaddai? El means God. This, this same thing is used here in Genesis forty nine and twenty-five. Are you there? Genesis forty nine, twenty-five. Even by the God of your father who shall help you, and by who? Now see the King James translates it almighty, but it's the same word. Shaddai. Shaddai, Shaddai, from the word Shad. The Almighty, but see, even if you didn't know how to look up definitions, didn't know anything about Hebrew, just keep reading. He helps define it right here. The Almighty who shall bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The blessings of your father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They'll be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him. That was separate from his brethren. Now the blessings of heaven above. And blessings of the deep that lie a And blessings of the breast and womb. Does that sound like being broke to you? Would you read that and go yeah he wants me broke. What does it mean? Shaddai like and from that root word shad that means breast, it signifies nourishment, supply, and satisfaction. Didn't the scripture tell us that we we must become converted and become like a little child to enter into the things of the kingdom of God? Well, an infant's total source of supply, got to remember this is before the days of the bottle too, An infant's total source of supply is the breast. They get everything, everything they need from the mother's breast. Is that right? That's what God is to us. I said that's what God is to us. He is our complete source. Friend, this is one of the greatest lessons you can ever learn in life. That God is my total source of supply. When you get this, you no longer look to people. You no longer put any pressure on anybody for anything. He is my total source of supply. People say well yeah. Now brother Keith. We need other things besides just God. No we don't. No. Uh-uh. No. Everything you need is in him. All your brightness of mind. All your health. All your strength. All your connections. All your prosperity. Everything you need. Every good thing. Is in him. And when you learn that, it'll set you free. I'm telling you, everybody's got to learn it. Because in the world, people are trained and from their parents and grandparents and generations, even unconsciously, people look to their job as their source. They look to their occupation. They look to their investments. What gives me security? Friend, don't get to thinking, Well, I've got enough money laid up, now I'm secure. Are you kidding me? That could go away like that. Amen. And if it did, and you don't know who your source is, then you're gonna panic. That's why people jump out of windows and yeah. do stupid things because they think that, that was my source. That's right. And their source is gone. Amen. Oh, but our source Hallelujah. is sitting on the throne tonight. Yes. Yes. No. Cannot die, yes. cannot lie, Amen. cannot fail. Can never run out. Can never even run low. Everybody on the planet could make a huge demand on the ability of God at the same split second. And the lights in heaven wouldn't even flicker. (laughs) He is the Almighty. Oh! And he's not just mighty, he's mighty to nourish, almighty to supply, and to satisfy. This is El Shaddai. That's who Abraham knew. That's my God. I serve the same God. Amen. That's who I know. I do not serve a broke God. I do not serve a God whose will is poverty. I do not serve a God who tells me, I'm sorry, I'd do that for you if I could. But we're running low today. There's been a lot of demands from other countries and things and I'm just going to have to put you on the list. Is he or is he not El Shaddai? The all-sufficient. Almighty Nourisher. I like it. Boy, when you know that, when you're fully persuaded of that, it liberates you. It takes away fear. I I assure you, I wouldn't stand here and lie before you. I have never lost one night of sleep about the finances of this church. Not a one. I don't even remember the last time I thought about it very hard. Did you hear me? Why? Because I am not my source. You are not my source. No human on this planet. No economic no no government nobody But God and He is there. And He's not going anywhere. And if I obey Him. And I trust Him and rest on Him. The needs will be met. Every time and with excess. Right? Who's your source? Same God. Same God. Same God. Now now listen. This is the telltale thing. This is the test. When something comes up, a need, where do you look? What do you look to to meet that need? And that reveals to you who and what your source is. Need comes up and you think, I got to work harder. I got to work more. And that's the first thing you think of, and that's the main thing you stay on, then your job is your source. Are you with me? And that is the case with so many people. Their job is their source. That's what they look to. For everything they need, they look to that job to provide it. Preachers look to the congregations to provide for the church. Traveling ministers look to the churches they go to. That's where it's coming from. And if it doesn't come, then people get upset and they start putting pressure on people. Why aren't y'all giving? Why don't you give? You better give. Give. What does that show? That means I think you are the source. And if you come put pressure on me, Brother Keith, you've got to help me. The church has got to help us. Really? No. The church is not your source. The church is not my source. Who is our source? El Shaddai. Oh boy, that just takes the pressure off of everybody. You don't put pressure on me. I don't put pressure on you. Something comes up. We know where to look. Same place we looked last time. Right? <laughs> the Almighty. Oh, I tell you what, I could just keep saying these same things over and over again tonight. It just, I love to think about it and hear it. Hallelujah. El Shaddai means the one who is mighty. To nourish and supply and satisfy. Like the breast to the infant. That's that infant's total source of supply. Everything that baby needs comes through the mother's breast. God is that to us. Our total source of supply. That's why, you know, if you'll notice, I have you say that virtually every offering. Thank you, Father. You're my total source of supply. Amen. Amen. Because of you I never run out. Right? You remember that? Why? What's that? That's stirring us up that we know who our source is. The government is not my source. My natural family is not my source. The church is not my source. My job is not my source. My investments are not my source. God Almighty. El Shaddai is my source. So I'll always be fed. I'll always be taken care of because he cannot run out. He cannot fail. Right? So I'd never lose any sleep about going broke or failing. Ever. I said ever. I never worry about paying the bills. Ever. I said, I don't believe it. Well, believe it. (laughs) I didn't say I was always that way. But you keep feeding on this. Keep feeding on this. It'll push fear out of you. I said, it'll push fear out of you. God's my source. Say it out loud. God's my source. The Almighty. El Shaddai. Is my unlimited. Unfailing. Complete. Source. And supply. Hallelujah. Now let's go to another one. Genesis 22. Just back up. You got time for another one? What kind of God. God. Do we serve? What kind of God is our father? Is he a God of uh, richness? Or a God of brokenness? Is he a God of poverty? Is he a poverty God? (laughs) You know. I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. But you know. Some people that oppose this message. So adamantly. Some of them. Are wealthy. I mean adamantly opposed. Against this kind of preaching and teaching. Are wealthy. That's hypocritical. If you believe in poverty. Practice it. At least be honest. Right. If you believe in sickness. Don't dare go to the hospital. Try to get healed. Did you hear me. People talk about, well, we, we better not just pray that God will heal him. We don't know if it's his will to heal them or not. Then don't you just jump and run to the hospital when something gets wrong with you. You better pray and see if it's God's will for you to be healed. Yeah. If you really believe the Lord put that sickness on you, then what, you want to try to get rid of something from him? Right. Well, that cancer's a blessing in disguise. Well, then you better not try to get rid of it. That's right. Amen. It is not a blessing in disguise or otherwise. It's a curse. I said it's a curse. It's not from God. And you don't have to have it. Anything like that shows up, resist it. Fight it. Yeah, you can go to the doctor. Fight it with everything at your disposal. Fight it naturally. Fight it spiritually. Fight it. Overcome it. Amen. What about poverty? Same thing. Fight poverty. Amen. It's not the will of God. Fight it. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you're battling against generations of entrenched unbelief. Passed down through your family of poverty mentality. And, and you may not just think right after three days. But friend, if you'll stay after it. Just stay after it. Just Amen. keep pumping the word in. keep pump, Not people's opinions and theories. The word. Just keep pumping it in. Pumping it in. Pumping. Faith will come. Amen. Amen. And you'll rise above it. Hallelujah. And some of these things in, in material prosperity, you don't see it all in a week or a month. But if you just stay after it, just stay after it, stay after it. I can tell you from experience, it gets better and better. I'm so glad I didn't quit after 10 years. Boy, what I'd have missed. I'm so glad I didn't quit after 15 or 20. Man, I mean, you know, when you get to the 20 mark or so, boy, it really starts getting good then. Don't quit. I said, don't quit. Sad. People try tithing for a month. They say, well, I tried that tithing business and it didn't work. No, no. Like the Bible says in the Psalms, until Joseph's word came, the word of the Lord tried him. No, you you don't try the word and see if it works or not, it tries you. Everybody say, "I'm I'm staying with it. I'm staying with it. I'm staying with it. It is the will of God. It is will for of God. me to prosper. To prosper. And I'm staying, I'm staying with it. Amen. Stay with it. Yeah. I'm talking about year after year after year. If you're a visitor. Don't mean you have to be here. Or if God leads you from here somewhere else. Just stay with the word. Yeah. Stay with that. Yeah. You. And you will increase. Yeah. And you'll be made a blessing. Yeah. Genesis 22. Are you there? Here is another major way that God revealed himself to Abraham through one of these compound redemptive names that tells so much about who he is, what he is, his character, his will, his way. It's when God told Abram Abraham rather, to take Isaac, his only son that he loved, up on the mountain and offer him up as a sacrifice to the Lord. The most precious thing in his life. Without question. And boy you can see why God picked this man to be in covenant with couldn't you? Because I mean he didn't wait a day. The very next morning. He gets up. Heads to the mountain. Because see he and God's in covenant. Back years before God had revealed himself. And you remember that they, they sacrificed the animal. And put the parts. And God came and met him. And in, in, in that holy place. And basically what was happening is God committed himself to Abraham and basically said, you know, what I am and what I have is yours. And and Abraham said, and what I am and what I have is yours. Covenant. In covenant with each other. God had made him rich. God had given him a son in his old age. A miracle of miracles. One day God and Abraham's talking and he said, Abraham, you and me in covenant. He said, yes, sir. I said, everything I have is available to you. He said, thank you, Lord. You've made me rich. And he said, everything you have is mine. He said, yes, anything. Anything I got, everything I got is yours. He said, good. He said, I want Isaac. He said, Isaac. He said, yeah, I want you to bring him to a place I'm going to show you and give him to me as a sacrifice. You, you want Isaac, Lord. He said, yep, I want Isaac. You know, there are times in life when God will ask you for your Isaac. What is your Isaac? It's the most precious thing to you. Old friend, when he does, don't blink an eye. Because he wouldn't even ask such a thing. Unless he believes you are somebody he can take into the heavenlies with his blessing. I don't imagine Abraham slept much that night. First thing in the morning. No delay. Tells you what kind of man he is. First thing in the morning. He got up. Told the boy. Get the wood. Get the fire. Let's go. They went to the mountain. He told the servants. Now here's faith talking. He said y'all stay here. Me and the boy will be back. Yeah. Somebody said, Well, he just, you know, believed he's going to die. No. He believed see this is covenant. Does this sound familiar? Offering your only begotten son. Does that sound familiar? He believed for the resurrection as God's covenant partner. Hebrews says that he accounted That God was able to raise him from the dead. Remember that in Hebrews 11? He got to thinking. I imagine he laid awake all night. (laughs) And he thought. Why would God ask me for this? Why would God? And finally he began to think. Now God told me. That in Isaac. My seed was going to be. He's already said that all of this seed, like the stars in the heaven and sand on the seashore, is going to come through Isaac. He mentioned him by name. He called him. So he can't die and not have any children. Before the night was over, he had come to this conclusion I reckon God will just have to raise him from the dead. And he had that kind of faith. So that he turned and told those guys, you stay here. Me and the boy will be back. Somebody said, well, then he didn't fully intend to kill him. He fully intended to kill him. Dead. But he believed God could and would raise that boy from the dead. Even from the ashes. He believed God could do it. And he believed, not hoped that he might. He believed he would. Can you see why he's in the book? (laughs) Can you see? (laughs) He believed for the resurrection. Now you know without teaching on all this. Fast forward to Jesus. God gave his only begotten son. Offered him up as the sacrifice for mankind. To death. And raised him from the dead. No devil, no demon can ever question it. No host in hell can ever challenge it. Why? God's covenant man did the same for him. Amen. God. Amen. God had every legal right to do it for man. And he has. Oh, glory to God. But in the middle of this, God revealed himself through one of his names. Verse 7, are you there? 22-7, Genesis 22-7. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, My father? He said, Here I am, son. He said, Look, we got fire and we got wood, but I don't see the sacrifice. Where is the lamb? I'm thinking by this time he's figuring something is up. He's trying to figure this thing out because this has never happened like this before. And Abraham said, here's faith talking. My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. How many understand that is strong faith concerning all of your needs, concerning for you to say God will provide? No matter what comes up, you don't have a clue where it could come from or how it could come. You just say God will provide. Might we hope so? No, no, will. God will provide. Would it be all right for you to quote a scripture? Everybody say it out loud. God God will will provide. provide. He will. And they went on up, and he put the boy on the altar. He stretched out his knife. Right before he thrust it down, the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven. How many know sometimes God will let things go to the wire? Huh? I mean, I don't know how close he was, but this is, he's going to, he got the knife raised. And he's not playing. How many understand? I wish he wasn't that way. No need wishing it. He's that way. And he's right. There are times he'll let you get all the way down to the Red Sea. Your toes in the water and Pharaoh's horse breathing down the back of your neck before he splits the Red Sea. Hmm? Somebody said, don't say that, Brother Keith. I'm talking about the Bible. (laughs) You might as well relax because how many other times he will let you be thrown into the fiery furnace? it will be a whole lot more comfortable to just move on the wicked king and him say, look, boys, forget it. Just go back and sit down. But that wouldn't make nearly as good of a Sunday school story. You tell that to the kids and they're like, give me some more Kool-Aid. But when you talk about they were in the lion's den, in the fiery furnace, inside of it. Let me tell you something. This is some insight. With God, it was never close. See, <laughs> so you thought, whew, woo, that was close. Not with God. He, he already knew what was going to happen. He knew exactly when to do it. It was never close to him. So I wish he would tell me. No, he's not. Because <laughs> he lacks faith. And it takes faith when you don't know why, and you don't know when, and you don't know how, and it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. I know when I first started preaching, you know, I'd study for weeks to speak fifteen minutes. You might say that's hard to believe, Brother Keith. Well, it was so. And uh, as time would go on, I would know less time in advance. What to do. Even if I prayed about it. I wouldn't get it less time in advance. Everybody say less time in advance. Amen. Less time in advance. And it just got more that way. And as, as the years went by. I got more that way. And more that way. And I remember this one meeting. I was going to and I, was on, I prayed the day before. I thought about it a couple of days before. I'm going out of town and I'm speaking. And I just couldn't get settled in my heart. What i was supposed to speak on. The night before. I didn't have it. I thought, well, I'll be on the airplane for a few hours as flying commercial, and, and I got on the airplane, and I'm I'm almost there, and I thought, Lord, I mean, any time now, it'd be good. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but He said, "You trust me." I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Well, relax." I said, "Okay," and I ordered a ginger ale. <laughs> and tried that cool. And I'm checking my heart, and I'm trying to see, you know, and I get there, and I get in the car, and I get to the room, and I change clothes, and and I get in the car, and I'm headed to the church, and I don't know, and I'm in the speaker's room, and I'm trying to be nice and have a conversation with the pastor, but inside I'm thinking, where's my message, where's my, what am I going to do, and. The Lord said, You trust me? Yes, sir. Well, relax. <laughs> Everybody say, Relax. Yeah. See, faith is a rest. Yeah. If you're all worked up, you're not in faith. And they're turning the service to me. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what verse to turn to. They Lord. <laughs> and I walked up to the pulpit, word of knowledge started coming. We ministered that way the whole night. You know why I didn't get a message? I didn't need a message. Didn't need one. I'm just, why didn't he tell you? He didn't want to. If I trust him, I'm not going to get worked up. Everybody said out loud, the money will be there. The money will be there. We'll, have more than we'll have more than enough. Just breathe a sigh of relief now. go. <laughs> some folk really needed that man say, 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 say it out loud it's going to be alright right. Amen. Amen. everything's going to be alright say this out loud everything, everything. Is, working out is working out for my good, for my good. And, God's glory. and God's glory everything Amen. now rest rest and the angel said don't do it don't do it And verse 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket. That was handy. (laughs) By his horns, and Abraham just went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Convenient. And Abraham called the name of that place, Revelation how many believe some powerful things are happening in this man's heart right now? I mean, his son, he's not going to have to go through this thing any further. And his son's alive. And they got an offering here to give to the Lord. And this came up in his heart. And he said, the name of this place is Jehovah Jireh. Now, I guess some folk pronounce it Yehovah Jireh. But that messes up the song. Yeah. <laughs> so... We'll just say (laughs) Jehovah Jireh. But the big deal is, what does it mean? What does it mean? Jehovah is the name for the self-existent one. God is not dependent on anybody else for his life. He's not dependent on anybody else for his supply. There is nobody above God. There's no being beside God. He is. Jehovah. <laughs> Self-existent. Mighty powerful. God. Jehovah what? Jira. He said, "As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen." And that's literally what "gaira" means. It means to see. Some said, "I thought it means provide." Well, hold on. Some translations have it that way. How many of you have "provide" in there? Yeah, I see a lot, lot of hands, and that's good too. That's appropriate because it does mean that, but literally it means see. The Lord who sees. Well how could that mean provide? Two words think about. Pre-vision and pro-vision. Vision. Provision consists of two words. Pro-before and vision-seeing. Which means before-seeing. God is the provider. He has prevision. So he makes provision. For what he sees previously. What's Abraham saying? God already had this worked out for us. Had this ram up here. In the thicket. Already knew I would obey him. Already knew we'd need the ram. And it makes me think. Where was the ram that morning? Where was that ram the night before? Think about it. I tell you, the statement is, the ram was on the way. Say that out loud. Ram's on the way. Before he knew he was going to need a ram. Right? That ram... Milling around down the bottom of the mountain. And he just got an urge to go a little higher. So here he went. He had an inclination to make a left turn toward a tasty looking bush. And then he had an inclination to go a little higher and make a right turn toward a good looking little creek there. And I don't know how many hours this went on or how many days before, but God had a select Ram, that he got from point A to point B at exactly the right time. Oh, this is the kind of God we serve. This is the kind of God we serve. And he got up there just exactly the right amount of time before Abraham and Isaac showed up and he saw this thicket and he thought he just had to stick his head in there. <laughs> And a little further. And a little further. Until he got tangled up in there. And he couldn't get a loose. God saw ahead. What was going to be required and needed. And provided the supply. Friend the more I walk with the Lord. Can anybody else testify? The more I walk with the Lord. You can look back. And see. Man thing after thing. Set up. Set up. The Lord had you set up. The Lord had you fixed up. The Lord already gave you favor with this one, and favor with that, and connection with this, and this deal and that deal. I know. In, uh, I mean, decades ago, when Phyllis and I made the decision to go to uh, Ramah and obey God and follow Him fully, we were there. I guess about ten or so years. And the Lord spoke to me one time in a time of prayer. He said, when you made the decision to obey me and you stepped out, I set things in motion for you to intercept. It had been 10 years. I hadn't seen them yet. He said, stay on course and you'll soon begin to see some of them. And God gave us a wonderful house in Tulsa. I mean, nice. Marble. Swimming pool tennis court. Hallelujah. Nice. And I mean, people couldn't believe what we got it for. Literally. They'd shake their head and go, you're joking. I said, no. I mean, God just handed it to us. Just hand. You know when they started building that place? Same year. We stepped out to obey God. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. I hadn't really thought about this. The same year we sowed some seed that the Lord directed us to sow and claim a hundredfold in a huge harvest, both this place and our house began to be built. I hadn't even seen that till right now. Both of them were built same year. Our personal house and this church and this facility. And it was in that year that The Lord dealt with us. So this bit. It took all the faith we had. We cleaned out our accounts. 96. Glory to God. Everybody say glory to God. What about our future? Does God see ahead? Does he know what's coming up? Does he know what you're going to need next year? Year after that? Is he ever caught by surprise? Is ever shocked and go, oh, Gable Lake, they gonna need ten thousand dollars. Boys, get over here. What can we do? Never has happened. Never will. He's never surprised. So no need. And you running in there going, God, God, I gotta have X amount of money. He already knew. He already knew. Amen. And he already already got it set up. Hallelujah. The ram is on the way. Amen. He's headed toward you. Just keep right. believing God. Like Abraham, you've got to go all the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What if he got halfway up the mountain and said, I can't do this. I, I can't. He would have never saw that ram. Because the ram was up there. Right? If you don't follow God all the way, then you don't intercept those blessings. You don't intercept them unless you're on his path. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides means the Lord who sees ahead, knows the need ahead of time, and provides the supply. Has it in place by the time you get there. That's the kind of God Abraham knew. That's the kind of God we serve. That's not a God of lack and deficiency and and poverty. That is a God of abundance. God El Shaddai. God the mighty nourisher and supplier. God who sees ahead. Has it all figured out. And all worked out. All orchestrated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.